hey sarah hey what i want to watch romantic comedy gravity is matter's response to loneliness Well, hello there. That was a thinker. It is a thinker. We need to get into that. But first, hello. Hello. I'm here with Sarah. And I'm here with Justin. And this is RomanticComedyCommentary.com, or as Sarah calls it, RomComCom.com. And this week, we are watching a Netflix original. Netflix is crushing it lately on rom-coms. It's like the only place. According to the New York Times, it's one of the best movies of 2020 that's streaming or something it, it, it's uh again we're doing <clears throat> the half of it uh it is oh yeah netflix that's a netflix it's a 2020 romantic comedy mm-hmm. it has a seven out of ten on imdb 96 mm-hmm. percent on rotten tomatoes whoa i don't think we've what ever done a movie people must be really bored <laughs> the, well that recency bias probably I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how it plays like down the line mm-hmm. um 74 metacritic 91 percent on google users but we've won google users bullshit that 96 percent on rotten tomatoes though is yeah. pretty big yeah i mean the only thing I know that's higher is all the Toy Story, or three out of the four Toy Stories, and Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Do you know that because your daughter watches it constantly? All and day, you just every have to day. Dig in? Now I know the entire soundtrack, and I can do the rap that Lil Wayne does. Wait, you can? From uh, Scared of the Dark. Wait, can you give us a sample? I ain't never scared. I ain't never terrified. I was down at my Rolex. It's just the darkest time. No, 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 no. I ain't even scared. I'm not sure that that's a word, but I never, ever heard that there's something in a herd. And he says, I don't know if that's a word. Yeah. Fantastic. I ain't never scared. It's, uh, it, we have the lyrics up on my phone so Emma can like no. learn them. And it's S-C-U-R-R-E-D. Uh, so I do like Lil Wayne a lot. <laughs> and years ago, I was dating a girl and her roommate heard me listening to the Carter one. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple tracks are just bangers. And for Christmas, she got me a Lil Wayne poster, but it was a used Lil Wayne poster. So it was like torn oh. and kind of messed up. I, I think she just had it in her room. It was like, you deserve this more. And I made the most elaborate frame for it. Oh, I made it, you I, made it yourself. Yeah. Cause the whole, oh yeah, of course. Cause the, the, poster is Lil Wayne and it's like red and black kind of behind him I think he's wearing like a red hat or something Mm -hmm. so what I did is I made the I painted the frame all red and then I took tape and made um like if you zoomed in on a W like a little like the middle and then I kind of tilted Mm. it sideways so as you come in you can almost see the the W for Wayne in red and I taped it off it it's pretty slick looking. It is a very <laughs> aggressive frame. And oh and I had it and I had it matted too. Oh, and, and I had that Where'd you get it matted? Uh there's a place at the end of my street. The lady knows mm. I make my own frames and so she's very forgiving with like, all right, what weird size do you need now? Oh. She's delightful. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Ew, but now, just looked me. Before we dig into the half of it, Sarah, yeah. would you like to give a uh, apology for apology last week because you have been <laughs> you're setting me up <laughs> i am because this has been hanging over your head i watched you listen to the episode on the, the porch and there was terror in your eyes yes i uh accidentally said redemption song was written by bob dylan it is written by bob marley which i knew and have always known <laughs> But it didn't come out that way. 
and it's wonderful because it has been bugging you. Yes. And you'd like tear on your eyes when you realized it. And uh, we actually got a text from friend of the show, Mike, pointing <laughs> out yeah. that you said it. <laughs> that was one of the sweetest like, no. text messages I've ever got. It was like honey on my eyes, if that makes any sense. It was so sweet. I thought I was going to get a what? canker What all he sore. said was... Bob Marley. I know, but the fact that he recognized the thing <laughs> that is like the tiniest little throwaway <laughs> moment and he caught it and that it was, yeah. oh, it was just delightful. Yes. And I almost corrected you in the moment, but then you're usually, you have such a deep bench of knowledge. <laughs> I, I thought, okay, I can either correct a her. Jepwardian. Well, I, I, yes, a Jep, Jepard, <laughs> Je, Jepwardian. <laughs> Gerard Jepardu level of knowledge. <laughs> And I assumed that you knew something I didn't. Mm. And I, because I have gambled on correcting you a few times and you usually end up losing in that gamble because you correct then the person trying to correct you with the right information. I lose? No, no. Well, um, I end up losing if I there try and correct you. <laughs> See what just happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so you try to correct. I don't lose. <laughs> I can't lose. Exactly. That's why I didn't correct you. I thought. You mean the universal you. The, the royal we. Mm. Yes, the editorial. And and it, I even looked on my computer when you were saying it. I could find yeah, nothing yeah, about Bob yeah, Dylan yeah. in that song. And all Maybe I, he covered it. It was on the tip of my tongue. And I thought, no, she knows something I don't. <laughs> Just let it go. So that, I don't know. I just, I enjoyed that probably more than most people. Well, people who know me know that I don't like being wrong. <laughs> no. Yes. So this movie. So, so we, this watched, movie. we watched this movie together. And I we don't did. know about you because I was doing a couch tour of my friend's houses for about a week I and a half. I was trying to knit and I dropped so many stitches in the dark. The next day I had to go back and redo. I was so like, I should not have been trying to knit while doing this. No, an actual question. <clears throat> yes. What's the deal with watching everything in pitch black darkness? That's Brian's thing. Ah, I can't. I, do, I, I need. I have so bad. Ambient light. When I have bad low light vision. Uh, and so it's like. No, Brian always goes, you're ruining my life with these lights. Oh, my That's goodness. why I have a light on that end so that I can keep oh, that on okay. and knit because he turns off the main light. That makes sense. It's like we were watching, I think it was, uh, he got game and he turned the lights off. I'm like, is this getting romantic or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting, probably because he has ADD. <laughs> oh, and he has, he has to be to locked focus. in. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I... It drives me nuts, too. Well, and it is good in a way because I usually am all over the place watching a movie, yeah. you know, and it forced me to kind of just the pay attention. It's like a theater experience. The theater, the, the theater. theater. What's to be done about the theater? That's right. But I don't know about you, but as we were watching this, I wanted to talk a lot. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't. So yeah. I was like keeping furious notes. I think there were a couple of points where we both just were exasperated by what was going on and <laughs> either sighed or commented something small, but didn't go down. Right. So I'm, I'm excited. It's hard to watch with you because you can't talk about it. Yeah. Then. Exactly. I know the opening. You, The only thing you said during the opening was like, oh, there's so much mythology. There is and, a ton of mythology. Well, bef actually, before we and get into Greek it. Greek history. Before we get into it, do you want to give a really posted stamp synopsis of the movie? Okay. In case someone hasn't seen this. Though, I do suggest seeing it because this is a really good movie. Yeah. It really it's is. Cute. It's unorthodox, but I mean, like, it's, it's different than ones we've done, and I really liked it for that. Well, it is the story of Cyrano de Bergerac. If you've ever 
made been made to read that in high school. Oh, do you mean... Or seen the movie with Steve Martin. Steve Martin, Roxanne, damn it, yeah. you stole my joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne, well, he has a very big nose. In this story, instead of having a big nose, she is an Asian immigrant LGBT girl. I, I guess lesbian, right? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no real... There's like, only one interest that we're shown in the yes. film. It has I guess an LGBTQ explicitly... angle, mm-hmm. let's say. And uh, she agree- She writes papers for uh, high school students, and the teacher totally knows she's doing it. But she lets her slide because she hates reading all the crappy papers that people normally turn the in. The teacher, in fact, encourages it <laughs> yeah. at one point. At one point, she's like, why do I have to read all these crappy essays? What are you doing? Like, realizes she's not doing everyone's work. Um, And then this high school jock decides he's in love with this pretty girl who's different, but cool, but pretty, but different. And um, commissions her to write love letters to this girl. Meanwhile, she's kind of secretly in love with this girl, too, just like Cyrano. And so she's writing letters for him. And then it turns into a text chain on like a guarded platform. Like, a, what was it? A ghost platform? Or I don't something? know. It's just called like ghost text or ghost. Yeah. I assume it doesn't exist. And it's just probably like not. A thing. Yeah. And um, they really communicate super well. And she has a whole thing going on with her. Meanwhile, what is her name? Ellie. Is it Ellie, Ellie Chu? Ellie. Yeah. Okay. Ellie starts to hang out with this jock because he, you know, needs to, she needs to tell him everything she's been saying to the pretty girl. And then, you know, he starts to learn more about her. He comes over. Her dad is uh, immigrated from China. And then he's um, from a big family, the jock that makes sausages. <laughs> he has all these dreams, but his family is so obsessed with their heritage. And it's like a whole kind of comments on, you know, Chinese immigration and heritage and what you hold on to. Meanwhile, Ellie's mom died a few years ago. There's not a lot of explanation about that. <clears throat> I keep saying it's the Cyrano. It's the Cyrano story. Like everyone would know that it's the Cyrano story. It's the same. I know you're saying that. And I feel so <laughs> foolish to like, yeah, no, totally, Sarah. Like, this is going to be another yeah. Bob Dylan, Bob Marley scenario where you'll say something, and I'll think maybe it's wrong and go, well, no, 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 But no. you don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> you don't know what's right and wrong here. <laughs> well, I do want to let you know I do have the Cyrano de Bergerac wiki open just in mm. case uh, just something pings. Okay. Well, it comes to a head eventually where she kind of figures out that he's not writing these letters, you know, and they have their own moment. The girls have their own moment where they go off to a hidden springs together. And then Paul, is this name Paul? I want to call him Paul. Let's go with Paul. Paul like kisses the popular girl. And Oh, his name is actually Paul. Yay. Paul Munsky. Paul Munsky. <laughs> Gosh, I loved him. He was great. He really, bo- okay, I'm getting out of out of here You're good. uh and and then she like there's this whole thing in the church where the her boyfriend who she's been dating the whole time professes or proposes marriage to her and she's like okay and then ellie's like you can do better love is messy 
And then Paul's like, wait a minute, who loves who? And it gets very confusing. And then they all end up like running away from each other. And then Ellie decides to go to college because her English professor was pushing her that way. And then uh, she has like one, like I'm leaving tomorrow thing with the popular girl. And she's like, maybe in another life, in another time, we could have been together. I'll see you next year when college, when you're done with a year of college. It's kind of like up in the air. Like, maybe we'll make out, I don't know if I'm gay or not, see you next year. And then um, she sees Paul, and he wishes her well and gives her food for the ride, like a bunch of sausages for the ride, or taco sausage, or whatever that is. And um, then he runs after her train, and, and she goes off to college. It's really good, but there's not a lot of closure. It's more of like a... Coming of age. Well, no, it's funny you say that. I was just looking on the wiki, and you probably saw my me make a weird uh, face as I was reading the critical responses section. And there is a magazine uh, titled Bitch Magazine, mm-hmm. which I don't know what that's about, but it's a very strong name for a magazine. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, is that a known magazine? Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but they, they go through and like... There's uh, a whole reference to that in Best in Show, too. But oh, okay. I for, guess they do for female dog, dogs. Um, no, female dog groomers. It's exclusively female dog trainers. Wait, is that what this magazine really is? I don't think so. <laughs> no, but there's a reference like that. That's called like. Uh, it's an independent quarterly magazine published in Portland, Oregon. Its tagline is "A Feminist Response to Pop Culture." There you go. So there you go. But it it says um, it, while the while these the teenage focused movies flirt with the idea of lesbian relationships, they quickly pivot before their casual interest can evolve in anything f- fully realize as far as romance probably because she's still figuring out her own shit well but it, it it's saying it it feels it says it feels like more uh it only delivers on like half of the promises but uh the girl that played ellie responded with most people think a love story has an equation it's usually boy meets girl or girl meets girl however in this case it's a self-love story because the mm. characters don't really end up with each other but at the end they end up with something it's a build well and she said for me that's even more valuable than yeah. Just finding your other half. It's about finding part of yourself along the way. It's a love story. It's not, it's just not a romance story. Mm. So that's interesting. So I disagree. That's not a romance. Go on. She's in love with the popular girl. Her name is Alexis in real life. So I just keep wanting to call her Alexis. Alexis with two X's. Well, it's, she's a little, oh, so she's not just a little bit Alexis. Yeah. She's, she's a lot of Alexis. Alexis. Lemire. Well, no, I I agree with you. It is definitely a romance, just because they're making the assumption that there the has whole thing to be is a based end. on a crush. Yeah, but I mean, they're double they're, crushes. It seems like they're making this assumption that people have to end up together for it to be a romance. But really, it's yeah, this girl is yeah effectively chasing and talking to another girl in a romantic way mm-hmm. the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I would call this a romance. I think that's... I don't fully agree with that. I do like that, though, it's a self-love story as well. But she's not the creator. She's just the oh, yeah, actress. The actress. Yeah. So sometimes they have different takes mm. on it. Mm. You know? I will say this about Cyrano de Bergerac. I don't know very much about it, but I've watched chunks of Roxanne. Mm-hmm. I like those chunks. But the wiki says there was a real Cyrano de Bergerac, and the play is a, fictionalized follow, a fictionalization following the... Broad outlines of his life. <laughs> I would love one day for someone to say that they made something about me that the broad eh, follow the broad outlines. Aww. It's not exact. I wonder what happened to him in real life. I. It doesn't look like there's really anything in here 
oh, there is an ending section. It says scientific studies. <laughs> what? On cyrenoids. Inspired by oh. the balcony scene, which Cyrano provides Christian with words to speak to Roxanne, stealing but an experimental technique that used covert speech shadowing to construct hybrid persona in psychological when they interact with Cyranoid. Is There's it an AI? I don't know. I don't know what this means. <laughs> now let's just skip this. Okay. <laughs> so wait, how closely did you you are familiar with the story of Cyrano yeah. much more than me? Yeah. How closely was this? Where did it deviate really? Just at the very end. Really? Yeah. Because there's a part in the middle where the guy who's in love with Roxanne starts to like realize that Cyrano like maybe not telling the whole truth mm. and what's going on here. And they've developed a real friendship. But obviously there's no like maybe I'm in love with Cyrano thing because they're two dudes and it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But then it's it's just a it's a really great play and and very heartbreaking in this movie is too because nobody is the bad guy. You know, it's everyone's doing things out of love or desire. And then when it becomes a love triangle that at least, you know, Ellie and Paul have realized their part in then there it's kind of heartbreaking because it's like oh we both like her and but we're really good friends now and what are we going to do about this and and paul starts to see ellie's point of view which is the same thing which happens in Cyrano. it's like you are this person who's maybe on the outside and people don't accept so much and people have a problem with but you are you have such a depth of feeling and character and you've gone out of your way to help me and it's not fair that society doesn't value your love as much as mine Mm. basically why in the Cyrano story is he not as valued he has a huge nose oh it's just that easy. he's ugly okay he's just ugly all (laughs) right it's just that easy okay he's known as being really smart and and great with words, but not not a ladies' man. Hmm. Women, he gets friend-zoned. Yeah, that's no good for Cyrano, just because he's ugly. Right. There's plenty of ugly people out there who do pretty well. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> In this capitalist society, if you make enough money, it doesn't matter how ugly you are. Am I right? <laughs> Jeff Bezos, I'm looking at you. Now tell me more about this Greek mythology at the beginning. Okay. You were so damn excited about so. it. <laughs> Here we go. People ready (laughs) for this Greek lesson? Okay, because I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about Greek mythology. I know bits. I understand. That's okay. Now, I've read two Percy Jackson books, though. Oh, great. So is that going to (laughs) help? Maybe. (laughs) Probably not in this case. Okay, well, go ahead. You also don't know a lot about education and the Socratic method, so that... Well, I'll have you know I did take a... uh, What's it called? Philosophy 101 mm, in undergrad. What did you learn? Uh, nothing. Uh, it was a terrible class, and it's the only, it was the first time in my life I genuinely could tell someone I had a terrible teacher and it wasn't yeah. the subject material. That's yeah. a shame. And the teacher, he tried telling me how to say my last name the right way. And it was like, normally I'll take that with some degree of like levity and like, oh, cool, I'm learning a new thing. Mm-hmm. But he insisted. When I was like, oh, cool, this is just the way he says, it. like, yeah, no, that's 100% the wrong way. I'm like, okay, well, you, you need to 
just go fuck yeah, yourself. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like, thank you for the information, yeah, friend. But cool. There, yeah. Thanks for denying me the history of how my name has been well, and he, the way it is. And he also uh who someone we both knew in college, Zach, mm-hmm. like just had it out for him and like what? anything Zach wrote this guy was giving him an F on it I read a Who couple of Zach's I could not if you had a gun to my head I couldn't pick him out of a lineup Damn. Uh, but I even read a couple of Zach's papers was he a grad student or was he a f- I think he was a professor a professor I think he was a full professor he wasn't an adjunct or anything I don't think so no he's a mm. little bit older like probably late 40s at the time huh. and but I read a couple of Zach's papers I'm like this this is like at least a C. Like this isn't the F he's giving you. Wow. Like this is not. It's not. It, again, I didn't. Gra- philosophy just didn't click with me. I think you got to think a certain way, and I yeah. I just don't. I guess. Um, I'm not sure. I think you just had shitty t-shirts. What could have been that? But please, okay, sorry. Tell me about <laughs> Socratic method. And all I had of a that. really shitty philosophy 101 teacher too, and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck this. And then I took a few classes with this awesome prophet UD, and I was like, oh. This, this is what it's, is what it's all like. about. Yeah. Well, I did listen to our friend Brandon, who's very into philosophy, listen mm-hmm. to a podcast about philosophy. Yeah. And it was super boring. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. He's like, did you like that? I was like, to be honest with you, like, I think it went a little over my head. Oh, well, no, you need to listen to these like four to five times. I'm like, okay, cool. I get Perfect. that. <laughs> but at that point, it's less of a podcast to me and more like I'm in a classroom, like a lecture. I think philosophy is something that it helps to read whatever you're reading and then discuss it. Mm. If you just read it, it yeah, then you're like, what the hell? But if you read it and then you talk about it and like relate it to things and understand it in a bigger context, mm. it helps. Ooh, you asked what I learned in that class. I can tell you the only thing I learned in it other than mm-hmm. how to pronounce my name the right way. Oh yeah, how do you pronounce your name? I say Mikowski. He told me it's Kuski. I was like, I without don't... an M. Mikowski. Mikowski. Oh, I'm like, him. there's like, you're saying a V in there, homie. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just like, <laughs> I know mine's Americanized and I'm totally cool with it that yeah. way. But the only other thing I learned, and I don't know that this is actually true, I kind of am relying on him, mm-hmm. but I love, I have used it in bar conversation. What? Um, the, the God is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, you know, everybody get, you know, God is dead. And then you flip the page, literally on the other side of it, the other page, it says, and we killed him. So mm-hmm. Everybody remembers the first part because it's on one page and you turn it over. <laughs> and that's the only other thing I remember is God is dead is on one page and, and we killed him is on the next yeah, one. It's true. Is it true? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. He's like, that's why so many people only remember the first part. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's why, but I like that as a reason. I mean, I guess it depends on what print the edition was, but I, I mean, that's what I have read. That's the entire quote. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's, because you flipped the page. He swore up and down, at least in, I don't know if he meant the original. I'm just saying huh. he swore up and down on it. And it may be the headline in the newspaper or something. Because that was a big deal when it came out. Really? The whole God is dead thing. Because it was the idea of, that was how modernism came into play. Mm. Like, we are making our own world and choosing our beliefs. And suddenly, like, people are choosing things beyond the scope of God and science and all that mixed up stuff where science can maybe disprove some things that religion had a pretty good hold on. And then it's like, well, we killed, we killed God basically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that we've cleared up my, my philosophy one-on-one, tell me about the intro. Okay. So 
do you remember the intro where there's a whole story of the two beings who used to be connected? Kind of like yes. the the soccer. Um, what the heck is that soccer? The soccer? Yeah, that soccer logo. It's a it's a soccer brand. It's two people, a girl and a guy, sitting back to back against each other in silhouette. Okay, so it is apparently the Kappa logo, uh, which comes up if you search for a soccer logo with two ladies, but it's not two ladies. <laughs> not, As Sarah so eloquently just put, it's not two ladies, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not. Kappa, K-A-P-P-A. I don't know. I just I, knew that it was on some logo, some gear that the cool girls the, the, in my grade would the wear. Pants with the, I always thought it, I'm going to be very honest with you. I always thought that it was inappropriate, the pants with them going up the side, because I thought it was two naked ladies back to back. I always wondered what the deal with the, I did not know it was a soccer company. Oh, yeah. Mind blown. Okay. Huh, they're, they're clothed, too. But okay. that's okay. <laughs> anyway, the beginning starts with kind of, it's. It sounds like she's talking like she's reading something because she is. It's from Aristophanes, um, who was the um, like greatest comedic Greek playwright. Like he was known for comedies, whereas you know a lot of it's comedy or tragedy. Like those are the choices in Greek plays. Um, and he's quote well, Ellie Wu is quoting from Plato's Symposium, which is based on his idea of what happens when Socrates goes to dinner with some people. So it's like my dinner with Andre, okay. except it's my dinner with Socrates, Socrates. Okay, and Plato has written it, and he's quoting Aristophanes, okay, <laughs> who was there too. <laughs> And it's called the search for the other half. The idea that humans were created as two, almost like Siamese twins, like one creature that's connected by their backs, kind of. Mm -hmm. And then we were separate. We were such a perfect being. And we were so happy. Kappa was so happy that we um, were making the gods angry because we didn't need anything. Mm -hmm. So they separated humans into two and we are now forever searching for our other half in order to feel complete that's the theory oh goodness yes it's the whole like you know the idea of the what is it called soulmate Uh yeah yeah (laughs) but then you probably didn't catch this because of can pretty much guarantee i didn't but then they, you know, they, this, this animation, this, this cartoon animation of the two characters being then cut in half. And then the one leaning down and looking at its own reflection in the lake or whatever body of water it was, and then seeing its reflection and then it melds into a flower and like, and then like dissolves down into more of the story or whatever. That's the story of Narcissus who was, a beautiful young man who was so obsessed with his own with his own beauty that he stared at himself in the river to see his own reflection because back in those times mirrors weren't really like a thing and stayed there so long looking at himself 
that he became a flower. The Greek gods turned him into a flower who forever just stared down at himself. And the Narcissus is an actual flower that has kind of a drooping head, and it's really, really beautiful. There you go. Wow. We've come full circle, and now we're into plants and Latin derivations. (laughs) (laughs) How is that full circle? I like plants. (laughs) All the things I like have come together. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Is that a Bob Dylan song? <laughs> All the things come together. Yes. But. I love Latin. Do you, and then this, okay, so do you know anything about the Socratic method, Socrates? Isn't that just keep asking questions? Yeah, he was famous for inviting everyone to dinner mm-hmm. and then just. Like conti- pasta and just, stuff. Yeah, so that whole postulation from Plato's Symposium is about what is love. What? <laughs> I said like pasta and stuff, and you said yeah, and then kept going. Postulation. That's what I thought you said. No, I said pasta. You said he invited people out to dinner, and I said yeah, like pasta. No. <laughs> okay, so now you're seeing why I thought it was Post- so funny. Postulation. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, tell me more about these possibilities. <laughs> well, it's all dependent on how you answer the questions. That's how the night goes. So his postulation was, what is love? And that's what people were answering. And did most people respond and with, baby, don't hurt And that's what Aristophanes me? was talking about, the searching for the other half. And then you get into Shel Silverstein. Do you know that whole story? The giving tree? No. Nope. Not that. Shel Silverstein? Yes. The other Shel Silverstein? No. Oh, the same no. one. Do you know about the missing piece? And the big L? You know what? I think I've seen this book in your house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't believe I've him. already started Emma on that to to really nix the idea of a soulmate and looking for someone to yeah. fit you. Yeah. Because it's bullshit. I agree. I sit here. So. <laughs> the missing piece in the big L. Yeah. The missing piece is a little wedge. A little wedge. And he's constantly looking for someone he can fit perfectly with. Mm. And he tries people or he tries other shapes and one's too big and one's too small and one's too pointy and one he fits just right with. But then they roll along for a while. And then they, the guy, the other person thing says, I don't want to roll with you anymore. And then he's stuck being this piece and he can't do anything. And then along comes this big, oh, and he's a full circle. And the missing piece says, can I be with you? And the O says, no, I can't complete you, but I can be your friend. Mm. And he starts to tell him how you need to be able to be complete yourself. Mm. He's like, how can I do that? I'm a wedge. I can't roll by myself. And he said, well, if you keep trying and keep working on it, then eventually you will. So it shows him like the wedge slowly turning into a duller and duller triangle until it starts to turn into a circle and he's working on himself, figuring Mm. himself out. And eventually he becomes an O too. And then he meets up with a big O and they roll along together because they're two complete things that don't need each other, but choose to be together. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And it's such a great story. Yeah. It's like, you don't need anyone else. Yeah. No one else needs to complete you. You are a complete person in and of yourself, but you choose to be with someone who makes you happy. Yeah. Not because 
you need them to fulfill something in you, but because you choose to have them in your life. Well, yeah, because one is like depend dependency or codependency, ultimately. Yeah. And the other is like... And the whole idea of the soulmate. Yeah. And whatever. And I need you to validate me. And I need you to tell me whatever. And there's so many fucking pop songs. Oh, my God. And every time I hear one, Emma and I don't tell her she can't listen to it, but I tell her like, this is bullshit. Like, no one needs to complete you. And yeah. she calls it out now. She sees it. Well, which that's good. makes me happy. Well, because we've all met people, and we've talked about this before, where they're just these lovesick puppies that think that all of a sudden this thing is going to come along yeah. and fix everything. Yeah. Your husband has actually accused me of being the opposite of that. I'm like, no, I got to fix all this stuff myself before well, yeah. I get on to. I, yeah, I know. And he's, and that's, <laughs> I, actually talked to, I actually talked this weekend to Laura about that. Well, oddly enough, that yeah. it should come up. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It's like a thing you need to learn kind of younger. You're going to learn it later and it's going to hurt mm-hmm. an awful lot when you do. I think it was, I saw a quote attributed to Will Smith and I don't know if it's Will Smith, but mm-hmm. it, it it's what I want Will Smith to say. Okay. And it was basically, I forget the exact quote, so I'm going to pair, I'm paraphrasing what might be Will Smith talking. Okay. So I might get the quote wrong and it may not be Will Smith. That's okay. Okay. It, the idea I'm trying you to get across. You can apologize next episode. <clears throat> I will. And the idea I'm trying, it was getting across was that uh, no one's ha- your happiness should never depend on another person, nor should someone else's happiness depend on you. You mm. should be able to make yourself happy. And yeah. only when you can do that, can you go out and fully support another person and increase their happiness, mm. buttress their happiness. Yeah. But the source of that happiness has to come from within you. And I guess that's kind of a different way of saying what you're saying. It's mm. like, don't look for someone else to complete you. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I've always thought of relationships with other people and finding a person, finding someone that, uh, in my head at least, like buttresses you, like makes you stronger in what's already there, supports you when you need help and you do the, uh, the other, but yeah. they aren't the source of strength necessarily. Right. They aren't right. the source of happiness because right. then ultimately like that's too much to put on one mm-hmm. person. It's that's impossible. Like the, the, we've been watching a lot of Queer Eye lately mm. and that's what the Queer Eye guys say. Like, you have to give yourself like time and space and be you know your own best friend but you also have to lean on others for support you can't do everything on your own oh yeah it's a real balancing act when are you finally going to submit me to be on that show i feel like i feel like i really emma was saying she really wants to not even being the least bit kidding i think i stand a (laughs) real good shot of getting on that show i I think i've got just enough things that they'd want to see brother was on it macy gray as in like uh, soul gray. singer macy gray yeah uh, of spider-man i believe one fame yeah yeah uh-huh. she had a concert in that for like two seconds oh okay yeah. she tried to walk she away she was in but she, she fell uh she was on fuller house so emma knew her and got really excited macy gray was on fuller house yeah oh wow okay cool <laughs> yeah I, I watched some of that with her the other day <clears throat> It's not good, but I watched some of <laughs> but it. But it is there. I know, but she was really <laughs> excited like about it. It's like eating candy. It's like eating candy, like yeah. no substance, but you just can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. As a, so is that the, that's the intro? What were you saying more before the, the, the Will Smith thing? There's something I had. Oh, um, according to People Magazine, which your mother has been giving me. Yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith said mm. that. She didn't even know her husband before quarantine. She's learned a whole new person. Really? So they're learning and growing together. Well, that's wonderful. And that's the other thing. Thank you, Lynn, for the People magazine. Who she doesn't know who sends them to her. Seriously. (laughs) What? They just started showing up one day. She doesn't know who bought her the subscription? No, she didn't sign up for the subscription. I didn't get it for her. 
She's, the universe just wants her to know. Well, she always wanted people too, but seriously, and it just mm. keeps coming. And then she'll get a renewal notice and not do anything. And then the renewal notices stop coming. coming and the magazines Weird. continue coming. I know. It's like maybe I, it's like a flaw in the system. Maybe. I mean, I started getting Golf Digest out of nowhere for oh, a while. Oh, that's from Brian. Did he sign me up for Golf Digest? I think so. Because <laughs> I think I'm, because my dad got like two free subscriptions. He's like, what am I going to do with these? And I think Brian signed you up. Well, that's wonderful because I've tried bringing over the copies to him. And then he goes, well, I get a copy of Golf Digest. He throws too. it away too. Oh my God, Brian. My dad will hold on to it and keep it in the bathroom for six weeks. Brian, the day it comes, he'll throw it out. But he likes golf. I know. Oh, that's but he doesn't hear about Golf Digest. Oh my God, Brian. I know. Well, thank you for that precious gift. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> keep it in your bathroom. I, maybe I will. Do you feel then like... Do you feel you've learned a whole new level of Brian? No. No. He's still good at, at playing it close to the chest. Oh, yeah. He goes down in the basement. I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is half the day today. Turns out he wasn't in the house. <laughs> Did I tell you I was over here the other night? You were nice enough to let me stay here. And mm. he came back and we watched something. And then he just walked outside for like a half hour. I thought he went to the bar. Like I, I closed <laughs> up your house for you. And like was turning off lights about to go to bed. And then he just pops in. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought you, you never left. know where he is. He's very, he's yeah. like, a, he, he has a very soft foot. Yeah. You know, he's not making a stumbly. And he's also like not one to tell you what he's doing, or where he's going. Like, I'm always like, I'm going to go up or I'm going to do the laundry and do blah, blah, blah. And he's just gone like <laughs> out the door or somewhere else. You're like, huh, where did he go? Now, not having to do with a romantic part of this movie. But you're an Eng- you you have been an English teacher. Yeah, you have an English masters. You've yeah. taught in college and all mm-hmm. that, and and subbed and you've multiple levels of of English education. Yes. How do you feel as an educator about the idea of someone getting paid to write papers? Oh, um, I mean, she sounds very talented. It would be a lot better than reading a bunch of shitty papers, but it kind of defeats the purpose of an education. And if you're really focused on getting people to write shit then you would be concerned like i can see how that teacher is burned out and just like okay and she's very talented but would you would would you let it slide if it wasn't so overt if it wasn't so overt. Like it would overt. Like the teacher knew that that was her doing yeah. it and they were talking about it. If it was a little more sly and you just kind of thought it was going on, would you approach it right away? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm young or she's like been a teacher for like 30 years and mm. it's just like, fuck it, you know? The other thing about that I mean, though, if you're really like actually invested in, in the idea of being an educator, you're not going to be okay with that. <laughs> Okay, then the other question, though, is the flip side of that. Did you ever get paid to write a paper? Oh, no. Uh-uh. If you did get paid to write a paper... I'd charge a fuckload more than she was, did. That's my next question. She did like, what... That's not enough it money. Tw- it's 2020. I think it was... I think initially they made it sound like $20 a paper. Fuck that. But... but <sighs> don't have down if they went... Past, what would the you charge? Risk, $20 the a page? risk would be so high. I'd say $50 a paper. $50 a page, including page, citation? A paper. Oh, a paper. Okay. Yeah. 
Because most high school papers oh, are three pages. Oh, yeah. I could rip out a three-pager. Three I've, and a half. Now, we've been out of college long enough that the statute of limitations is over, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. I wrote a bunch of religion papers in college for a bunch of... So our school had a... Religion? Uh, religion. Because I went to a Catholic high school. Oh, this is in high school? No, this is in college. Oh. I went to a Catholic high school. So okay. when I got to college and you were taking religion 101s, mm-hmm. it was meant for people that didn't really have the background. I took world religions, though, for right? 101. I didn't. Okay. I took a thing that's basically like Vatican II, you know, electric book. <laughs> but you, you didn't have, what I'm saying is you yes. didn't have to take a Catholic religion class at ED. No, no, you didn't. I'm saying I chose to. Oh. And, and so um, there was a contingent of guys that were uh, not super pumped about writing them. And, but they Who? were little like one oh, page. Call them out. They were like little one page papers. Yeah. I mean, literally they were nothing. Mm-hmm. They, you could sit down and write one in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was just responses kind of do a thing. And it was my payment for like a little one page thing was a large Papa John's works pizza. Hmm. And uh, this son of a bitch from my floor still owes me at least one, if not two pizzas that Hmm. I'm never going to see. Fuck him. I know. I didn't write a ton of them. Maybe like 10. That's a lot. (laughs) One page papers. Jesus. It was you read one page. In one semester? Um, yeah. (laughs) That's like, well, at least... One a week. Well, you read one page, and then you just wrote a one-page double-spaced response to it. Yeah. You banged that out in no time. Yeah. And it didn't but have it to be good. it was the same page? It was a different, like, prompt you had to read every, like, a, um, I don't remember what it was, like, if it was a, it wasn't a story, like a. Did you do more than one paper per week? Oh, yeah. There was a network. So you the, had to do different themes on the same prompt. Yeah, uh-huh. And the best is, in one of them, I wrote in the middle of the paper, so-and-so didn't write this, and they didn't get caught. So the papers were not being read. Wow. Yes. I always read my papers. Well, this teacher, this teacher did not. Well, adjuncts get paid so little. Well, and again, so if you're talking what you're getting paid per page, Mm -hmm. I was in essence getting paid about $12 per page there, but no Mm -hmm. citations. It was all opinion for the most part. That's helpful. Yeah. See, so... so, but I agree, $20 for like an entire paper with citations. That's yeah, dumb. that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, I say. I had a professor who was mostly in the law school, but he would teach a few classes of English. And he was a like a hard ass man. There were some of these old school English teachers that were not fucking around. And he was one of them. And... I can't remember if he was British or if he just came off as really British, but he like... What does that mean? He was just like very upper crust, very proper. Did he walk around with a bowler and a cup of tea? Enunciation, like nobody's business. Like I said, he mostly dealt with the law school. He's really into argument and making sure your argument was clear. And my problem has always been um, like fully fleshing out and and like ex you know exposition on my point i'm very good at clearly stating my point and these are the reasons for it mm-hmm. but then like i have to fill out the rest of it. i have to like keep adding things to to like flesh out the paper so he was great because it was early english literature so it was like really early like before chaucer like beowulf and like the fairy queen and like like Spencer and Blake and really old stuff that nobody ever reads. And it was in this fucking huge, like 
Would you call it a tome? Paper th- a tome, absolutely. I was thinking that in my head. <laughs> um, paper thin pages that were like 1500 page books that had all like the fucking entire thing of Fairy Queen plus a bunch of other stuff. But he was great because he just required you to type one page single spaced. So you had to be precise. And he's he's like, I don't want all this crap. I don't want all your stuff. I want you to distill it down to what you're saying. These are my points. This is, and I was like, great. This is fucking great. And I took that class with Laura, but we weren't really friends yet. It was the second semester of sophomore year. And it was like, I think like nine in the morning. It was early enough that it was like, ugh. Yeah. College early. Yeah. And I felt like I was in and out of it. Like I wasn't like paying a lot of attention. But every time he called on me, I somehow had an answer or like was able to say something. And Laura was like, fuck that girl. What the hell? She's always on top of shit. (laughs) And like drunkenly a year later, she's like, I always saw you across the room and you were so cool. And you always knew what you were talking about and made good points. And I'm like, sweet. I'm glad you thought that I was doing that. <laughs> Feeling pretty good. That's marvelous. Yeah. I love hearing when pe- what people kind of think about you in these weird moments mm-hmm. before they know you. Because Laura once said she thought I was mysterious. I'm like, <laughs> me? Good. <laughs> I'll take it one time in my life being called I mysterious. Why I thought you were mysterious. Well, because I think it was because I would just appear places and then like run off and like I was a tour guide, so you'd see me pop up mm. around campus and I'd. You know, like people would be following me, which I guess isn't really mysterious, but it looked pretty cool doing it. (laughs) Probably because I just like couldn't stay in one place. Like I felt like I always had to be moving. Yeah. Well, you you did that at the reunion. You were all over the place. My favorite part about, I felt so stinking popular at that reunion. And for one specific reason, only one moment, but it carried me to this day. Um, When we were pulling up, you know, a girl I see and I said to her, you know, just so you know, like my head's going to be on a swivel. I'm glad you're here so much. But if I end up running away from you to see somebody like that's you just have to understand it's not you. I'm just very excited. And a lot of people knew me because I was very visible around <laughs> campus. And she was like, OK, whatever, buddy. I'm like, OK, well, you just need to understand like that's going to happen. I got one foot out of the door and someone screamed, Justin. <laughs> and it was this dude, Riggs, and he ran up and I just looked at him like, this is what it's going to be. <laughs> I fucking told you. I know. You. And I felt so validated. Uh, and like, I felt like big shit, dude. I uh, felt like big, big, big boy. I felt like big boy. <laughs> I was pregnant. Like six you were months super pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. You were miserable pregnant. It was hot. It was so hot. And we were staying in the VWK dorms. And in like, I don't remember them being that shitty. It was really shitty. They were pretty terrible. Brian and I both got like respiratory problems. Like from spending the night there, we both like... <laughs> Ugh, there's something in the air. It was like so much like mold or oh, some shit. Like, oh, it was gross. But at the same time, because I was pregnant, no one had to judge me and tell whether I'd like gotten fat or anything. So, well, no one could solve that problem. No, no one could judge me because honestly, I looked great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I haven't put on a ton of weight. I've aged pretty well for yeah. the fact that i've burned the candle kind of hard you know yeah so good you fun. haven't lost all your hair gotten moobs yeah no pecs 
Yeah. Yeah. Good for yeah. us. We're doing great. We did it. Yeah. I had a baby. We're doing it. And you got kept your hair. I kept my <laughs> <laughs> We each have accomplishments. They're great. Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da. So, okay, back just back to this movie though. The one thing about it though that threw me off, did you feel like there were disjointed parts that really didn't fit? And more specifically, like it had a certain feel to it. And then we get to this random talent show that I don't know if it's how it was shot or what. And it what, was a forced talent show. Which isn't a thing, is no, it? No, They can't make you do that. It, it was like Required that. Required for all seniors. <laughs> it, but it was like that. And then when they got to the hot spring, it was just the way even these were shot. It was very they felt, strange. They felt like little vignettes. Yeah. But, but the rest of the movie was so very cohesive well the vision behind it i guess was clear like the Mm. cinematography fit really was the same it's like they were trying to validate the relationship between ellie and alexis or whatever the hell her name is alexis the girl who looks like she's could be a teacher exactly way too old looking and like they had a day of like well not old looking but just definitely not 16 not 16 she's actually 22 while ellie looks like she is absolutely 16 16. yeah and so does paul i think they did a really good job no they really only cast one person not so good but she was good as an actress again yeah great actress just didn't she it was like dawson's creek she was a great actress she was fine (laughs) okay she was an actress so you thought they were trying to validate the relationship between her and Ellie. Yeah. And like give some weight to it so that it made sense later. Yeah. Like that they had their own thing beyond just these letters or texts that they shared with each we other. I hadn't seen them really talk up, until but it was then. just, it felt very strange and like not well. Well, here's my question. Were, were they kind of hinting that she sort of knew or something? Because it was weird when she she it comes into the room. like it, but then she was really surprised and angry and betrayed. Yeah, because she so. comes into the room where she, the Paul's room or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Mun, Mun, Munch Squad, Munchie. Munsky. Munsky's room. And, you know, she says, invites her. Oh, no, she goes with her to the train station. Like, oh, let me come with you. And then, oh, do you want to go to this place? Like, we've never seen you talk. We've never seen you interact. Mm. Why are you suddenly seeming so interested in this person? I want to get out of here. I thought it was that they were interested. Hmm. Or she was, she knew something was going on past. I, I don't know. That's what I kind of took it. But then how would she? We got no hint. I don't know. That was just But, but there were other me. things in the movie that seemed like she was paying attention to Ellie. Mm-hmm. Or like just noticing her. Because she's different. Mm. The other quote that I was going to use, which I didn't ultimately use, obviously. Oh, I bet it's the one I have written down. All right. Was, uh, the good thing about being different is that no one expects you to be like them. What did you have written down? Uh, if I knew what love was, I would quote myself. Oh. Yeah. I like cute. that one. Yeah. This had some good quotes in it. That's cute. Yeah. yeah. If you're different, no one expects you to be like them, I guess. So you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. But. Mm. Two questions. One, at no point in this movie did you think that Ellie and Munsky would end up together, correct? Well, for a minute I was wondering. Because, like, he started to see who she was. Mm. Well, I thought he was becoming a little interested in her. He was, yeah, for sure. I mean. At no point did I think she was interested in yeah. him. Okay. And then my other question was. Um, and this is more, we were watching it together mm-hmm. as, so, um, Alexa, a little bit of Alexis mm-hmm. and Munsky have two dates. Mm-hmm. 
and Ellie is watching They're each of them. Horribly awkward. Were you also in your head screaming for things for them to talk about? Because I was. I wanted to just shout at the TV <laughs> as we were sitting there, like ask her about this, ask her about that. No, I was just okay. like reveling in the horribleness of all of it. Oh, see, I don't do awkward kind of comedy. I don't do awkward things. No, I well. hate like, it. I feel, yeah, my skin. Cr- I get how secondhand like, embarrassment. How do you like Seinfeld? Then everything goes wrong all the time. That's in a Seinfeld. really good question, and for some reason that doesn't. You know, it's because it's probably so over the top. You like Larry David? I, well, it's just so over that we'll see. But Curb, I don't care for. I don't like Curb. Either. See, because it, it Seinfeld's probably just so over the top. It's a cartoon. Yeah, stuff like this is too close to reality. Mm, yeah. Like, I've, I'm not to toot my own horn or anything. I've never really had an awkward date. I think I'm a pretty good date because <laughs> I can find fun in things. I think I can converse with people well. I think yeah. I can make people feel comfortable. Hmm. You know, I can think on my feet pretty well, change location if things mm-hmm. aren't going well. So I, and I'm terrified this would happen. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? On a date? Like a first date or like a... Just like... You don't know someone well, and then something awkward happens. Or... I was I was on like a second or third date with a girl, and this became one of her favorite stories. Um, and I, it is cute, but it is just. But this is not going to shock you at all. And and we went on like a second date, and we went out, got had a couple drinks, a little mm-hmm. tipsy, you know. Sure. Um, and as we were leaving, she was leaving for like a week or something to go. I don't know work or something, and. Um, I Look s- on the oil rig in Alaska. Exactly. Uh, salmon fishing in Alaska. Oh, but close enough. And uh, I said to her kind of drunkenly, like, wow, oh, I really want to kiss, but I, I really want to kiss you right now, but, I, but I've been really sick, so I'm just, I'm just going to hug you and I'm going to kiss you on the cheek, but I'm really sick and I do want to kiss you, but I'm just going to kiss you on the cheek. And I kissed her on the cheek and then I turned and I ran. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, and that was that. And then we ended up dating for a very long time. Oh, but, okay. um, but she loved telling that story. But Aww. I don't know why um, I felt after saying that and then kissing her on the cheek that but I had, had to, to run sp- away. Oh, no. And it was a sprint. It wasn't a jog. <laughs> uh, and I think it started out. I hope it was a long street. It was from, do you know the Hound Dogs parking lot? Yeah. It was from one side of that to the BP. Or the oh, gas station. Wow. Yes. Okay. It was a sizable jog sprint. <laughs> well, again, not a jog. I went like a jackrabbit. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's one that jumps to my mind. I'm sure I have tons of awkward stuff I've done. I kissed a girl once on like a second or th- third date. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just, I remember she looked at me again. We were having a couple drinks. And she just went, well, that took you a fucking long time. Wow. Something like that. And then we proceeded to make out against a bar in the middle of it for about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was a weird night. That was a fun night, though. Was I there? No, 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 no. Huh. No, this, uh, no, you are not I there wish for that. I was. It was a really weird night. You've heard about this night in chunks. Like, it had Where several interesting you? points. Um, Dick's Den and down around like Lido, so like sure North I Campus there? I'm positive you weren't there. This okay. was a one on one date. Oh, yeah, this okay. was like a, yeah. I was. Oh, yeah, what's yours? Yeah, 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 yeah. Got my wallet out of my purse and in the process accidentally unleashed a tampon ah, and then it bad. fell on the ground and then I kicked it under the car <laughs> and he was like this is the same guy that I sang redemption song and he was like oh she's cool I I also need to explain he's probably not ever listened to this but he did not write me weird poems he wrote me very lovely poems and I really appreciated them loved them but in the context, they were very personal mm. and people would probably think they were weird. Um, but understood. I didn't like hearing myself say that. That felt wrong. Mm. 
and he's a real sweet guy. But one well, takes a lot to write, and he wouldn't have cared at all about a tampon, tampon falling at out. all. He had two little sisters, and but I just Do you like think he saw it. Oh, for sure, he's standing right next to me, and so you just and it like, just like blooped out of my purse and then landed on the ground, and we were in the parking lot of the mall. And I, and I don't know why he was standing on his side of, he had a white truck, pickup truck. And I just like landed. I like looked at him. He looked at me and I just oh, picked you it did under look his at car. Each other? Fantastic. Yeah. I was going to say the only just way like, it would be better is if you made eye contact. And then we never spoke again about it. <laughs> it was just, because <laughs> uh, I was 17. <laughs> it was like. that. Oh my God, that is marvelous. No, oh my gosh. I still think about that. I'm like, oh God. I did have. Why didn't I handle that better? I did. That's number one. So funny. And especially that you locked eyes. That feels like a romantic yeah. comedy beat. Like just lock eyes for a second then. I just panicked. And like, kick it. Just going to kick it. <laughs> just get it out of here as quickly as possible. <laughs> so awful. And then you never spoke of it again. Oh my lord. Yeah. That's fantastic. Sarah. He's like the least judgy person ever, too. Like would not have cared, didn't care, but clearly didn't want to talk about it because I was being so weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh so my cousin mm-hmm. didn't know the difference between like tampons mm-hmm. and like pads. Mm-hmm. So he was at school one day and admitted to all his classmates that sometimes when he gets the runs, his mom puts tampons in his undies. <laughs> his friends are like, what? <laughs> why would, what, you, what why age, would you wear a tampon? What age was this? He was in high school. <laughs> That's when he learned the difference between tampons and pads. <laughs> I mean, to tell a group of high schoolers that your mom is putting pads, pads in your underwear for the rooms isn't really a whole hell of a lot better than take. He's a, little- a really, really gregarious guy, like super, super chatty, and just couldn't, couldn't. And his friend, he said, I'd never seen so many people look at me so weird, and then I didn't know the difference between tampons and pads. <laughs> It's so funny. He's like six five. <laughs> I just can't. It's just so funny to see him saying like a tampon in my undies. Oh my god! <laughs> First he admitted to having the runs. Second he admitted to, to his, his mom, mom taking care of it, a, a feminine hygiene product. And third he got the one wrong. How bad were these runs as well? No. <laughs> it's so funny. That's. Uh, I, his friends will you never let someone forget that that's a running gag for your life <laughs> yeah. that's you the entire rest of your life yeah. that gag is coming up over and over again we haven't even talked about alexis's boyfriend in this thing and how absurd i was he just is. about to bring him up number one big fan of this guy and then you <laughs> gave me more information yeah. about the actor yeah what is his name in this trio i don't uh, I don't know. Trip. 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 Trip? It's got to be Trip. I don't know if it is. Um, give me a second. His name Trig. is... Trig. Trig. Trig Carson. Like trigonometry. And his real name is... Wolfgang, Wolfgang Novogratz. Yes. He's a Novogratz. Which I didn't know what that meant. I know. The Novogratz 
are like the family of interior design. The family. The family. The family. But I thought you said the designs were... He has seven siblings. He has six siblings. He is one of seven. And he is... His first acting uh, credit is in the movie Nine by Design, which is meet husband and wife design team Bob and Courtney Novogratz, owners of the NYC-based design firm Six Design, stars of Nine by Design. The series follows the couple over the course of six months, during which they work on six large-scale design projects. Blah, 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 blah. They have Wolfgang, twins Bellamy and Tallulah, Breaker, twins Five and Holider. And at the premiere episode, Courtney goes into labor with the newest addition to the family, a son named Major. New York may not be the typical place to raise a large and growing family, but for the Novogratz family, there's no place they'd rather be. There you go. Wow. Two sets of twins. She is what they call a super opulator. That's the thing. She releases more than one egg in an ovulation did she say this or you just no that's what (laughs) when you have multiple sets of twins oh okay in like that's unusual when they say twins run in the family yeah they can't run on your father's side Mm -hmm. like they have to run down the maternal line because the only way that twins can quote unquote run in your family is if you are a super ovulator which your mom or your grandma and beyond was. Super ovulator is a really intense term. <laughs> <laughs> Just means you release. Normally, oh, no, I'm, I'm I don't hearing, know if you know this. I'm hearing the you definition. You have two fallopian tubes, Okay, I'm, okay tell one, me more. One, one, ovary one ovary releases an egg per month. Okay, yes. And then the next month, it's usually the other ovary. Unless okay. there's some damage or whatever, they take turns. They okay. alternate. They're, friend, they're nice like that. They're nice like that. Okay. Gives one a break. Okay, I but can already see the question I'm about to ask. And when I'm sound you're like a super ovulator, yeah. you release from both ovaries. Okay, at the same time. At the same time. The same month. Okay. Not necessarily the same time, but the same month. Okay. And then you're more likely to have twins. Can I ask a question that shows how little I know? Yes. Okay. Set number of eggs, right? Don't women, well, they're yeah, born with basically... But there are millions, they, yeah. Oh, then there's millions, okay. Yes. <laughs> a set number of like nine million. Okay, then no, because my question is going to be like, aren't you going to run out twice as fast? No. That's a valid question, Sarah. <laughs> Don't you look at me like I'm... Cr- that's a valid question. I was, you can't... Well, other I guess. Than it being, Other than the word being millions attached to the amount of You don't necessarily super ovulate every single ovulation cycle, but you're just more likely to and then when you get older it's like called like a fire sale once you get over 35 your body's like must get rid of these and starts releasing them more quickly so that's why you're when you're older you're more likely to have twins really that's why older that's why twins are more popular now or more likely now because women are having twins when they're older and more super way more no (laughs) no (laughs) i think i'm doing a pretty good job tracking on this having kids at an older age Uh and Women are getting help with fertility treatments, mm. which increases the super. likelihood of having twins. No, it doesn't increase superovulation. Superovulation is genetic. Okay. Sarah, I'm, again, I'm doing shockingly well here, and I think I deserve credit for that, yeah. for someone that has never had a so child. Isn't it weird that like, if you have a girl baby, that okay. girl baby has all the eggs she will ever have in her life yeah. when she's born? Yeah. Like, that's weird. It is kind of to me. Yes. And then, like, literally 
half of them die off before you're even ready to have kids. They do? Mm-hmm. Before you even reach puberty. But apparently you have millions, so that's millions. okay. But it's like, this is what you have. Whereas guys are that's like, wild. I'm just creating sperm every day. <laughs> just going to keep on creating all the sperm. Although, Wait, you're was finding... That a, was, that a, was that a Broadway tune? <laughs> yep. It's called... <laughs> was that Rogers and They're Hammerstein? They're brutalizing me. <laughs> brutalizing me by Rogers and Hammerstein? Yes. <laughs> was that, and that was cut from Hello, Dolly. If I'm not run, mistaken. Run, run, run. <laughs> it was one of the tracks that didn't make it. <laughs> but no, like, that's crazy. But they have found that it's not women's fault nearly as much as they thought it was about autism and women being older, mm-hmm. older men's sperm mm. get kind of rickety mm. and you're more likely to to have autistic children if you're over 40. Cool. I uh, actually heard you talking about this one night with a friend of ours casually and I became terrified. Which so, friend? Eddie. Really? Uh-huh. You guys <laughs> were talking about, Eddie. you and Eddie were talking about that and Eddie <laughs> was talking Eddie about knows. like telomerase being short and you're like, yeah. Telomeres, have, yeah. What, and it's like, well, yeah, if you have a kid after X, they're, they're, you have such a high chance. And I'm yeah. sitting there like, hey guys, listen, like, I know you're having a polite conversation, <laughs> but I'm right here and I don't know where life's leading, but I don't like to know that like, I don't need to be this you're terrified. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I don't need to. I, I mean, there's a, a higher risk, but it's not that. It's not like, well, you're screwed. Like... Come on. But there is a whole thing about the Y chromosome because girls have two X chromosomes, Mm. one from their mom, one from their dad. Mm. Boys have one X chromosome, one Y. Mm. The X comes from the mom, obviously, because the Mm. women only has Xs. But the Y comes from the dad. Yes, that's the X-Men. The Y comes from the dad. So when, because there's this Y chromosome that only comes from one parent, all this weird shit can glom on to that Y chromosome, which is why boys have usually greater issues genetically with shit than girls do in a lot of ways, like autism, schizophrenia, um, you know, other genetic abnormalities, because it's the only, the Y chromosome, that's it. And then you get kind of weird stuff, so... Uh, I'm really glad I have two girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we, there we, I mean, but these are things that never have had to cross my mind. Yeah. And hearing them makes me feel like I'm so behind oh, the eight ball. Oh, and it's like that I'm so behind fantastic the fantastic depth of knowledge. <laughs> you didn't even know you needed. And here it is. Jump into the deep end. I'm here already. <laughs> oh my god you kept the melody that was thank impressive. you <laughs> yes <laughs> you're not screwed you're fine and I, you'll be fine thank you i need to hear that more i'd say more than people realize but i think people do realize because they yeah. say it a lot and it helps well, it there does. You go. my other big thing in this movie just Two, actually. Wolfgang Novogratz. Wolfgang Novogratz. Oh, no, no. Actually, yeah. I'm kind of moving on from him other than okay. like, I like that character a lot. He's got great lot. dimples. He said cashmere. This is cashmere fleece. Yeah. That's not a real thing. Thank you. It's just a fleece. If you're saying a fleece, then it, then you're probably talking about a quarter zip mm. like sweater. But I like to fleece is not. You hot, can't have cashmere His fleece. character in this was really funny. It was just the, the hot shit guy in a small town. 
Yeah, oh yeah. With like the dad who owned a construction company and they made all the money. And they're chanting like Mud King when he's in his, Squahamish. his truck. Squahamish. 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 Squahamish, yeah. Oregon. I was so sure. You were going on about the seasons. No, I knew it was Oregon. Well, no, but you kept complaining about the seasons. Well, they I thought were that's where you were that. going. Yeah. yeah. No, I was so sure that that college, Grinnell, mm. was in Oregon. Yeah. And I said it like I knew it because I thought I knew it. That's how you and say things. I mean, classically, Brian is he doesn't he believe me anymore uh-huh. and then looks it up and then calls me on it. I'm like, God damn it. I will say this about you. I will tend to go up at the end of something that I'm not too sure about. <laughs> you do not possess that ability. You, your voice just goes straight through it. Even if I know you don't, we're, we're in a, we're talking to someone about something. I absolutely know you don't know anything about and you plow right through it with such, again, going back to last episode, you saying oh, that Bob shit. Dylan wrote redemption song. It's an yeah. ability that I've been trying to cultivate more. I really have because I naturally Frank gets so annoyed. Oh, it's nothing like, makes oh. me happier than when uh, I see Brian do that, or when Brian will occasionally text me a thing that he has corrected you on that I wasn't there to hear you say. <laughs> He'll text you about not it. often. I mean, but when he does, it is hilarious. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, because then I'm always like, God damn it! Oh, that's wonderful. I thought it's Grinnell a... was in Oregon. Well, no, it's in Iowa. It's in Iowa. It's in Iowa. That's boring. Yeah. I don't really know anything about Grinnell. She went there, it's though. It's a small liberal arts college. You got that right. Yeah, but it's in Iowa. Iowa. No, but so that guy loved his talent show performance was awesome. Mm. And the, what got me was Jerry he was Bruce wearing a he- Yeah, he's wearing the headset. Headpiece, yeah. yeah, the headpiece was what did it. <laughs> With and the microphone. Gotta kind of give it. They were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, they were pretty good. Yeah, when oh, you awesome. have all the money in the world. Yeah, and again, I didn't. I wasn't going to talk about this much, but uh, those guys that fucked with the piano, she was going to play a piano song, and they cut Dicks. a piano string. Who is that for? Yeah. People don't... Why would you do that? Yeah. I know it's a movie. I know it's to, to, to keep the movie going, but seriously, like... Mm-hmm. Who would do that? But again, we look around the world nowadays and you see a bunch of people doing things where it's like, to whose benefit are you doing the shitty thing? Some people just like to watch, watch the, the world, world burn, burn, I guess. Yeah. And I guess I keep talking about uh, Trig because he proposed yeah. in high in school. Church. In high school. Yeah. Can you even imagine? It's like some 50s shit. Let me tell you something that you know, but I want to say it out loud because it sounds insane. Okay. I know three different couples from high school who never broke up and all got married and are all together now to this day three from from my high school class three three people three couples six Six people people. 12 eyeballs 11 ears whose ears probably 12 years i just want to see if you catch it (laughs) That have what only has nine dated. arms and sucks? What? Death leopard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, to, I, you knew I knew one person. Mm-hmm. I know two others. That's insane to me. Yeah. Like the odds of that. I know. At you know one two. is the same. Well, yeah, well, then I know three. Yeah. Wow. But I may know more. I have to think about it. Th- that's just, I don't know. That blows my mind. My cousin John, who I was just telling that story about. Jingleheimer Schmidt. John Shane. <laughs> Started dating his wife, and he was a sophomore, and she was in eighth grade. Wow. They have four kids. Wow. 
Yeah. Maybe it's more common than I thought. No. Okay. The only other, the, the only real connection I have to this movie though, in a Cyrano de Bergerac kind of way. Bergerac, yes. De Bergerac? Mm-hmm. Okay. Tom Bergerac. The only connect, Tom Bergerac. De Bergerac. Tom de Bergerac, de Bergeron. Uh, Who's the worst AFV host? AIM Conversations. But Tom to Bergerac any, to, was the worst. Was he? Yes. I didn't have any real experience with him. What's his name? Carlton is so much better. Uh, uh, something Alphonse, Rivera. Alfonso Alf- Rivera. Something like that. Rivera. Yeah. He's so good. You like him? Oh, yeah. Tom fucking sucked. I hate his goofy faces. I really don't like him. Well, jumping back, though. AIM. Our own Cyrano to reject to anyone that is in their 30s. Mm-hmm. AIM conversation. Okay. I remember, maybe not vividly, but I remember being on AIM and having text messages or, you know, messages open to my buddies, Jared and Donahoe. Mm-hmm. And I'd be talking to a girl in the, oh, did you know, she said this. What do I say? What do I say? I don't know what to say to this. What do I, oh, and, no. we, and we'd basically have a conference of gentlemen to figure out responses. Mm. It went, I don't know, I guess not great not terrible i mean i i dated a girl at some point so that means it probably went okay what the conference of gentlemen yeah just this conference of gentlemen at aim i mean it happened a fair amount where it'd be like one of us would say it was usually me sending them messages like i don't know what to do (laughs) and looking back it was the blind leading the blind but that's the closest that i really have to the cyrano thing is connecting with my buddies on aim Hmm. who would then kind of like we'd talk about every response and then i'd fire off the response it wasn't like just a person talking through but i would go and again have a conference of gentlemen on Mm -hmm. aim Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's the closest I've had to like a Cyrano Tom Bergerac moment. Tom Bergerac. Cyrano and, de Bergerac. And I feel like though anyone in our age range, I'm at least guy wise, guy wise, I guarantee you most guys had that experience in our age range. I'm sure almost every guy in our age range would instant message other buddies about what to say to <laughs> a girl at some point. I'm positive oh. that's a common Gosh, I used to. Thing. I am so much. I had one, you know, the Weezer line. Everyone's a little queer. Why can't you be a little straight? I'm done. She's a lesbian. I thought I had found the one. You know, it's called Pink Triangle. I'm not a big Weezer fan, so no. Well, if you write, everyone's a little queer. Mm. Why can't, instead of she, you put N percent. Oh, it puts their name in there. Be a little straight. Yeah. Then everyone sees that. And sees their name is the... And they're like, what? That was always fun. <laughs> Apparently I liked doing like the gotcha kind of texts or yeah, away sound, messages. You sound like the person that would have the answering machine where you go, hello. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Leave a message. I always hated that. Everyone hated that. It was awful. Yeah. Uh, I think I had it at one point, though. That sounds right. Yeah. You also right. had a voicemail where you sounded like you were dying. It's still my voicemail, I No, you, you updated it. Did I? It sounds a lot better. Really? I've been told it's terrible. It's way better than it was. <laughs> it was like, hello, it's Justin. <laughs> if you need me, call me. I was like, is he dying? Oh, uh, dear God. Just uh, <laughs> if you could send me a letter, that would be wonderful. Please don't leave a message here. <laughs> I won't be checking it. I'm not long for the world. Well, you turned yourself somehow old man Jewish or something. That's the direction I would like to organically glow go as I glow. Age. Yes, I would like to glow up. That you glow way. up. To I want to glow up to be an elderly Jewish. Jewish man. I love bagels. Yeah. 
Like it, and I do. I actually did say to a friend of mine, when we get older, if we're both single, can we just hang out in coffee shops and like, like, vetch and all that? And yeah. he's like, Yeah, you mean like, uh, like that play? Um, what's it hello. Called? Yeah, like oh hello. I'm like oh yeah, shoot. I guess it is. A thing <laughs> yeah, can we do that? He's like absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> I have the contingency plan if my sister and I end up single. Like if our husbands mm-hmm. die or leave us or something mm. then we're gonna live together oh that'll be interesting yeah i'd watch that tv show and then i talked i told my stepmom that and she said oh my friend laura and i have that i was gonna say uh, <laughs> it's a total thing i think that women do <laughs> i was hoping your your mom would say oh you mean gray gardens oh god i hope not <laughs> it's a mother-daughter thing that's ew. so do you think that alexis will will ever get with ellie do you think that she's gay or do you think that she just found a kindred spirit i don't know because there's the church angle of which we can only assume like she feels probably pretty repressed in many ways just how she talks because her dad's Who, ellie? A, uh, no alexis because oh. her dad's a preacher right or a priest or something he is yeah, wasn't that her dad up on the yeah on the pulpit? Oh, yeah, I can't remember that was her that. dad. He was yeah, he's like the and priest or preacher or whatever. Mexican. And what? He's Mexican. Was he? Yeah, she's Latina. Okay, well, so there's like that angle. So it's like it already insinuates some sort of just like repression. You know, like I don't know, you can't get all the sillies out. Um, <laughs> sure, God's making you hold your sillies in. But you know, there, so there's that, mm-hmm. and then. She makes it sound like she's really lonely, too, when she talks about all these people. When you're really pretty, everybody just wants to give you things. Mm-hmm. but like, Or make you like them. Yeah, give you things to make you like them mm-hmm. and, and make themselves like, like you. Like them, yeah. as in similar to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, because she doesn't really... Other than the freak out in the church, she seems not like too ridiculously startled by everything. I guess not like... Or I'm not startled, but... uh I guess repulsed isn't the right word. Ooh. Receptive of, open to, to some extent. You know, yeah. like that banter at the end is pretty playful. And then when she kisses her, it's not like aghast. I don't know. Well, I could see her being, yeah. Yeah. Guess we'll have to see what happens when she gets out I of would, college. But I would more think that Ellie, if anything, now she's getting out of a small town and going to she'll a college. Probably, like, like, she'll probably not find come a, back. Yeah, and she'll find a bunch of people. And, uh, that not saying this Alexis girl isn't potentially very interesting, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're thrown into a whole other world of a bunch of like-minded people, and chances are more progressive than a small town. Yeah, but then what's Alexis going to do? Is she going to marry Wolfgang? Trigg? Well, she applied to art school. Remember, that's true. And so she's going to go do that, maybe. So maybe she'll expand her horizons too. I don't know. Maybe this and is. What's Paul going to do? Well, Munsky was making new sausages. Well, remember he said as she was getting on the train that they were talking to other people. Ellie got all those reviewers to review his sausages, and it sounded like the business was growing, so maybe he'll become a sausage magnet. Yeah. I I, hope so. Everybody seems leaving this movie to be kind of ending up in a good spot, and like her dad connected with Munsky, and it seemed like they had an actual friendship. Did you notice the whole thing about they're immigrants, and they're literally stuck at a train station? Like... No, not here or there. Just kind of huh. stuck. No, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked her dad in this too. I know. He's like, oh no, good part. 
the best part. No, that's the best part. there's always the best part. This really was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really liked it. It, it was kinda, sweet. It, it made my heart happy. It made my heart ache a little bit. And it mm-hmm. kind of wrapped things up in the end where it was like, it wasn't tied neat with a bow, but, yeah. it, but it left you feeling hopeful. You know, yeah. like everybody was on a track towards something more. Towards greater understanding of themselves. Yeah, exactly. And others. But was it a romantic comedy? Mm. Let's dig in and see. Where's my list? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So we have a meat cute in this. If we're ripping through our, do we have kind of a meat cute in it? She really doesn't Not meet. exactly. They've been in school together for a while. Ellie was just that Chinese girl yeah. who wrote all the papers. Shoot, it's almost like our meat cute between Alexis and her. It's just like Cyrano. <laughs> she always loved her from afar. Well, but the closest I think we get to a meat cute is in Paul's basement, kind of, what? where she just shows up and it's Alexis is like dropping off a book. No, no I'm they, saying that's in the, the bathroom, closest we get. Though, she oh, you're right. Yeah. And she's always kind of had a thing for Alexis. I don't think we get. I think this is one of the first it's not ones. Like that, a clear. I think this is one of the they first already ones. Knew that, each other. It's a yeah. high school. But we've we've had other ones where people know each other and we at least get kind of a a, a fun meet cutie introduction. Formal. Her and uh, Munsky have a fun introduction hmm. where he's like chasing her on her bike and mm-hmm. kind of tips her over. But that's not <laughs> that's on her love interest. Yeah. Holy shit! This is the first one we've done that doesn't have anything we could call really a meet cute. Because I really wouldn't call that bathroom thing a meet cute. No, it's just... They just run into first each time other. Kind you would yeah. kind of like see them together. Wow. Really? It's the first one we've... <laughs> no, it's seriously the first one we've had that we haven't been able to justify a meet cute. Huh. Okay, no meet cute. All right. Oh, damn it. Because <laughs> I don't like upset? where... Because I want this to be a romantic <laughs> comedy and I don't like where it's trending. There's skin in the game. <laughs> I have a lot of skin in the game. Yes. I said this movie made my heart sing. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it's just a movie. <laughs> God damn it, Sarah! I don't care. What's the second? <sighs> um, they can't be together because she's a lady. Yeah, and also like the weird Chinese girl, I guess. Weird Chinese girl. She's from a. It doesn't seem to be having family. anything to do with the fact that Alexis is in a relationship. No, at no point like, is that a problem. Like that's never a thing. Yeah, like she's going on dates. She's and stuff. going on. Da- yeah, she's with Wolfgang Novogratz, who is like about to propose to her Come for most on. of the movie. But yeah, he's too self-absorbed to even notice. That was a little weird. Now that you mention it, yeah, that says something about her character. In his too. Yeah. Yeah. He's too busy smirking at himself in the mirror. Yeah, Wolfgang. What's the soundtrack? The soundtrack? Did it really even have one? I don't know. I don't remember any songs. Because you don't have any skin in the game. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I care not. Oh, you do care, Sarah. I um, care not. There was a Chicago song in it. What song? If You Leave Me Now. You take away the... Biggest part of me. I do remember that. Gordon Lightfoot, if you could. Read. Yes, Ugh. I remember that. Oh my gosh, I was singing it to myself. They were in the diner. If you could read my mind, if you could read my mind, girl. What a tale my thoughts could tell. Just like an old time movie, the sign with a and the part where the hero. Wait. Something that the hero would be me. 
but heroes often fail. And you won't read that book again because the ending's just too hard to take. It's so good. <laughs> I love Gordon Lightfoot. I don't recognize the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> Come on. I don't recognize a lot of these bands with that. What means else? Nothing. What else do you have? Um, Check I'll Me Out more. by Phototronic, okay. Flying Cards by the Rune Brothers, mm. Bring on the Rain by Hudson Moore, Boring. The Carney by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Nick Cave! I know, I've heard Nick Cave, but I can't say I know him personally. Flame by Controller, mm. Sharon Van Etten, <gasps> 17. Yes. Sharon Van Etten, she sings. Is it that song? No, it's not. That's called Tom's Diner. 17 is a good song too though well okay so there was a soundtrack that you are very excited about <laughs> I, I am gordon fucking lightfoot man i had that on a mix back in 2003 yeah i'm not one bit surprised by that last <laughs> sentence <laughs> okay so we have a soundtrack that I, neither of us remember but you really love i remember it now okay but like two songs it wasn't like yeah really impactful yeah we, Except for Gordon Lightfoot. We, we don't really have a sassy best friend, but we kind of do. I guess who? Paul would kind of be. Munsky would be like her it's best like a love friend. Triangle. Yeah. It's yeah. not really a sassy best friend. Yeah, it's a really full not... on love triangle. Yeah. So we don't have a sassy best friend really at all. Hmm. She really doesn't have a friend other than her dad and Munsky. No. And Alexis. And Alexis. Who gives the back to reality speech? The back to life. Back to reality. reality. The teacher? When she's maybe encouraging her to go to... To go to Grinnell? Yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. Just kind of you know, giving her there's more out there and you're better than this, or you could do yeah. more than this. Yeah. Maybe that. But then Paul gives the I I understand now speech. Yeah, but that's like more the, like him about his own I get it. self-growth, yeah. self-realization. I did like that they included He's that, having though. his own building room. Well, and I like that You're they... You're going to hell, is what he told her. Well, no, but I, I actually <laughs> kind of... figured out that she liked Alexa. But yeah, but I kind of like that, that they didn't just make it from the get-go, where he was like... Like, accepted it and was yeah. cool with it. Like, no, it showed that he... Like, that character would have had a problem at first dealing with that, mm. but then he did come around. That felt true to the character, too. Yeah. Like, if he would have just stood up and, like, I accept you. Like, that... I don't know. He felt like he I would I love know. and accept I you. did like, though, his mom stood up and was... When she Aww. thought that he was coming out, was like, yeah. no matter what, I accept, you know, I love you. It's very sweet. Yeah. 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 Okay, Times so we do kind of have... Kind of a reality. They speech. don't have jobs because they're well. Monsky makes sausage, and she works at a train station. Okay, they live in Squamish. Mm -hmm. There Which are it, no boobs in this. No boobs in this. It had to be. Well, they they were in that hot spring. No, it's a pretty heavy movie as a whole. I'd say Monsky is pretty much the only yeah. light part in it. I thought I wasn't going to like him at first because he had weird eyebrows. I ended up loving that character. I loved him. Yeah. He played that really well. Well, and I thought he brought up a, a, a cool... He was like tall, but also gang, like, mm. like kind of a... What's that word? A doofus? Drumfy. Drumfy? What is that word? <laughs> We're going with drumfy. <laughs> I did, you know what would be what a moment of truth say? in this movie was when... It, she was kind of saying to him, as I recall, like, you do you even know what love is? And he kind of 
walked her through that. And like, I may not be yeah. very good with words, but like, I know. But I get it. Yeah, but I get it. Like, I that love was. That. And maybe that was, that was kind of a moment of truth to her. Like, maybe you don't yeah. know. Well, everything. What did he say specifically? He said, like, oh, fuck, it was good. Because it was like when you want to. He thinks about her when he's doing wind sprints or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but it was like. It was more than that. It was like doing something for someone, be, wanting to be there no matter what. Dear Astor Flores, I think you're really beautiful. Even if you're ugly, I'd want to know you because you are smart and nice too. Yeah, that's sweet. But that's not what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, but you know you love her. I know I know. I think about her when I wake up and when I'm doing my sprints, when hmm. I'm eating my mom's bratwurst and when I'm saying my prayers. That just means you're stubborn, not that you're in love. No, it's love. That's not what you're thinking of, right? But it, he gets... Later on in the movie, he gets on. Yeah, I'm trying to go. That's a great Oscar Wilde quote, too. Gosh, he's so great. Oscar Wilde says, uh, In love, one always starts by deceiving oneself and ends by deceiving others. That is what the world calls a romance. I don't know. I can't find that Paul Munsky quote. Or maybe it was just like a feeling I got watching it. But I think that's something that Ellie got, too, which was that... Just because you can't express exactly how you feel about someone mm. doesn't mean those feelings aren't real or valid. And like he thinks about her all the time and she's pretty and he likes her and it just seems very surfacy. But if that's how you feel and you feel that consistently, who's to say that's not love any more than anything else? And it's like, the whole i mean this is the movie is basically the the thesis is what is love and just because she has all the words doesn't mean she feels love any more deeply than paul does who doesn't have the words but he has who all doesn't the feeling have the words. Yeah. but how can you define that he thinks about her all the time he thinks about what she likes he cares enough to hire someone to try to write his words because that's how much he cares about her and is trying to express it in a way that he can actually communicate with her and it turns out he can't really communicate with her very well but does that mean his depth of love is any shallower than ellie's and what does it mean to reciprocate love is she more likely to reciprocate it with him than with her? You know, it's just an interesting treatise on what, what, how do you define love? Do you find it, define it by depth of feeling? Do you define it by expression? Do you define it by, you know, how long the, the, you know, how long you've loved someone? I don't know. It's interesting. No, I think you just summed up this movie really well. I mean, you said it earlier. What is love? I didn't, I mean, I didn't think of it that way, but that really is this movie. And so I, as much as I hate to say it, because I did like this movie. I'm glad we watched it for (laughs) this. If I was giving this a one to 10 as this romantic comedy, this is like a five or a four. It's It's not not a romantic comedy. It has comedic parts, but I wouldn't call it, a comedy necessarily it's not particularly light it has next to none of our what we would call tropes i don't don't think it is okay i don't think it is you gotta talk me into it of um well it's a philosophical movie in a way that shallow hell is not 
So one then one to ten, Sarah. Though, give me a number I, just I would so put I can't it move. Higher. I mean, I would put it at like a six point five. It has philosophical elements that make it, you know, question the whole entire nature of love mm. and what it means and what it is and who can be loved and and what who deserves love and what happens and it also has a lot of like immigrant you know story connections and but it's not uh to all the boys i've loved before in that way it's more of like a think piece mm -hmm. but it is about love <laughs> yeah, yeah it's I not a romantic com myself yeah. out of it that's the thing it's okay but to there's say it's a lot a of comedy. comedy i mean i laughed a lot at paul and i really enjoyed it I did enjoy. I, Sarah, you can like I'd a movie without it being romantic comedy. Higher, though. I'd probably put it at a six because it deals with romance, and I think there's a lot of comedy in it. Whether that comedy furthers the plot or alleviates tension is up for debate. But so we're not showing this movie to an alien if he comes down and wants to see a romantic comedy. No, if he wants to understand more about what love the is. human psyche mm -hmm. and the different what love can mean to different people, different ways of viewing love. Yeah, the whole five love languages. There's five of them now. What do you mean now? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you read that book? No, or heard of it. People have told me about it. Yes, you've told me about it. I know gift giving is one. Yes, that's the only one I'm aware of. It's because that's what you do. <laughs> well no you do acts of service but gift giving and acts of service are very close because mm. we both do that mm. and isn't one like time with a person mm -hmm, just time. spending time yeah mm -hmm. mm. one is words of encouragement there's words, I give words of encouragement gift giving acts spending time and I can't remember the last one but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's not exactly like all the others. Maybe because it's Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not a romantic comedy. But it's good. Watch it. It's totally worth watching. I'm not sure that it's not not a romantic comedy, though. What would you call it if you told somebody? Like, this movie is not a romantic comedy, but it deals with romance, and it's kind of funny. I don't know because I wouldn't call it like it's not really a. I, is it a rom com drum? I don't think so. Is it a. I don't know what I'd call it. Teen drum dramaturgy? But I think calling it a teen, teen drama kind of downplays, downplays it. It pigeonholes it. It's like, oh yeah, this is a, a story of that age. It's like, no, like people of all ages struggle with like what love is and. The idea of not being able to get the words out or being able to get the words out but not understanding the feeling. And that's so, more than just like a teen story. Oh, well, then whatever this is, we like it. It's worth watching. Yeah. really suggest checking it out. Sarah, if people wanted to look on Instagram or Facebook. You'd go to romcomcomdotcom or romcomcom.com on Facebook. Or if you want to email us at romcomcomcom dotcom at gmail.com yeah if you have any two cents about what this movie could be called i guess if it's not a rom-com 
What is it? Yeah, what is it? What is it? And then if you like our intro and outro theme, it's the song Love. Oh, off the keys to out of heaven so if you want to know what love is maybe listen to that song what's the name of the band oh this is my suitcase <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> what did i say it wrong you didn't say it at all oh well this is my suitcase so check, <laughs> check them out and maybe find out a little bit about love yourself that's right it's fun goodbye Galaxy Defenders Here come the men in black I wonder where the dog is They won't let you remember Uh Uh-oh